everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. When my next guest shared his latest number one New York Times best-selling, Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America, we barely touched the surface of what I would call a masterful summation of the origins and infiltration of the, quote, left unchecked and now, quote, unhinged and what we as Americans can do about it. And what his organization has sought to do for the past 30 plus years and brilliantly so. But what about the spiritual, private, and personal side of this Jewish-American political icon? Here to share this and more in his just-released Mortality and Faith, Reflections on a Journey Through Time, is international best-selling author, writer, speaker, and founder of the David Horowitz Freedom Center, School for Political Warfare, a wonderful honor indeed, Mr. David Horowitz. Mr. Horowitz, David, welcome back to Testimony. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you back here, sir. You have written a sequel to your highly acclaimed memoir, Radical Son, which explores your personal journey of life and faith, which we are here to talk about today. And I have to say, in reading your memoir, your transparency, your humor at times, dark at others, but in the end, your personal beliefs that cause all of us, Mr. Horowitz, to pause and reflect on our own. So first question, why did you write Mortality and Faith, and how would you describe the meaning of both? Well, I, I guess, you know, it came pretty sort of naturally. It came around the time that the World Trade Center was attacked, and I think the whole country felt vulnerable in a way uh, that it hasn't felt before. Uh, and I also was diagnosed with a prostate cancer at that time. Um, so I, thinking about mortality came pretty naturally. And I, I also thought I, you know, I had reached an age, I was 62 at the time. Well, you have to start thinking about end things. As a writer, I, I've you know, always been observant of, of my life, both from the outside and inside. And I thought I had learned things. You always learn things through, through mistakes. Um, there's a shaggy dog story about a very rich person who wants to find out what the source of wisdom is. And he goes to the old lady in the mountain and the, and, of course, this takes place over 30 years. He goes and gets an answer and then comes away and has to go back. And make it really brief, he's told that there's the source of wisdom is good judgment. And then uh, he goes back and then he, he has to get more money and go up on this mountain. And then he says, and what's the source of good judgment? And the wise old lady says, experience. And then he goes again and says, what, what is the source of experience? And she says, bad judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So anyway, that's where I was around 2001, and I began. I just began writing um, the book, and of course, it begins with this conversation with my father, where my father was a little bit strange, and out of the blue, he told me uh, I, I had been like 10 or 11 years old, and he said to me that we begin to die the day we are born. Why you would tell a, a very young person that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, after I had lived a while, and then, you know, and after he was gone, unfortunately, so I couldn't resume the conversation with him, I realized that maybe he was telling me to prepare for the end. I think I have a quote in, in one of the sections of the book uh, from Ecclesiastes that is, better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of festivities, mm-hmm. because that's a reality. Anyway, we're cast into this life without a guide, as it were, or without an explanation of why we're here and where we're going, um, one that compels us. And, and the end is opaque. We don't know what's on the other side of death, or if there is another side. You can have a faith about it, but you can't know. And this presents people with a huge existential problem. Most of us, it creates, we have a need to feel that our lives, the sweat and tears we put into them, uh, have some kind of meaning, that they're not just meaningless, and that, you know, it's like the Kansas song, Dust in the Wind. Um... And out of that come, you know, I call two types of faith. Um, there is a serious and what I call authentic religious faith, which is summed up quite, quite beautifully in the New Testament uh, that we see now through a glass darkly and only then face to face. It's a faith that there is an afterlife and that everything will be made clear in the afterlife. I mean, there are things we can't explain why, like, not only the death, but the torture of innocent young children. A writer that I deal with in this book because of his wisdom, uh, particularly on the issue of the Christian faith, is Dostoevsky. And Dostoevsky has a character, Ivan Karamazov, who represents him and who says that we have three-dimensional minds but we live in a four-dimensional universe. So life is a, is a mystery. If you're touched by faith, I'm envious of Mozart. I quote a letter from Mozart when he was 31. He didn't know it, but he had only four years to live. Hmm. Um, and he says that death is is the purpose of life. And he gets up every, every day thankful that he's still alive. Um, and that is, of course, it's a great comfort to him. Um, and of course, he thanks his creator, and he's a Christian, so um, his savior. Um, and I write in the book that I wish I had such a faith. I'm an agnostic. I just live inside the mystery. It'd be a great solace and comfort uh, and more to have such a faith. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to David Horowitz, his latest memoir, Mortality and Faith Reflections on a journey through time. Uh, David Horowitz, why do you think atheism and Marxism appeal to the radical, and why does it fail to overthrow God and Christianity? Well, 
I've written a lot about this in other books, but a lot in this book. Radicalism, Marxism, atheism, they're, they're crypto-religions. You can't know that God doesn't exist, which is what atheists claim. It's not something that could be worked out intellectually. I mean, you know, science is incredibly powerful, yet scientists still don't know how the universe began. And they haven't a clue as to how you get life out of minerals, which is the way the Earth was formed. And they just don't know how, how there's life. So it's, a, it's an arrogant claim that God doesn't exist. And you can say, I, I believe God doesn't exist but you can't know it. And I consider not atheism as such, but these radical faiths to get meaning and make my life meaningful. A radical believes that he's godlike and can participate in the creation of a new world, can change the world, can create, uh, you know, sometimes it's called communism, sometimes socialism. Now the favorite term is social justice, but they're all the same thing and they lead the same destructive end. And why do I know that they're going to lead to a destructive end? Because the root cause of all social problems is us, as individuals. And this is a perception, uh, certainly, of the Christian and Jewish faith. It's all there in, in the first chapters of Genesis. Adam and Eve, uh, they had a paradise. It was better than the Green New Deal. Uh, you didn't die. You didn't have pain in childbirth. The fruit fell from the trees. But there was one condition, if you wanted to stay in paradise, you had to observe one uh, injunction. The Lord said, forbade you from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And that's because to know evil, you have to do evil. Mr. Horowitz, you recently celebrated your 80th birthday, January 10th, 2019. What do you want your legacy an impact to be as a Jew, a supporter of Israel, a supporter of our Christian heritage on which this nation was founded, as a man who has courageously journeyed in this life to achieve great status in the eyes of those whose causes he supports, with the founding of the David Horowitz Freedom Center, and finally, for the left that you left, in reaching out to them in reason, in sanity, and solution, what say you to all, if you can, in our remaining moments? Well, I, I've devoted myself and feel best about the fact that I made it a life study to examine the left, the false religion, the destructive one that killed 100 million people in the 20th century, and expose it and be a warrior against it because it was evil. Can see what it's done to the Democratic Party. It's turned it into a, a racist party that demonizes people. Anybody who disagrees with them is demonized as a racist. It would spell the end of our country if this mentality were to dominate. So I feel that I've, I've spent this part of my life well. I'm proud of this book in particular, and Radical Son. This one is very lyrical, and I think if people read it, they will learn things about life that will be very useful to them. Uh, I don't get pleasure out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to internationally acclaimed author, writer, speaker, and political conservative David Horowitz, founder of the David Horowitz Freedom Center, School for Political Warfare, discussing his latest reflective read, Mortality 
and faith. You can learn more about David Horowitz's work, ministry, and mission by visiting davidhorowitzfreedomcenter.org. You will be blessed and informed that you did. David, thank you for taking precious time to share your heart, your life, your hope, and what all of this means to you personally in your updated memoir, Mortality and Faith, which speaks to the life of a man whose journey has been more colorful than most, blessed with miracles, cast with courage, and fought with fearless humility gained through disappointments and tragedy, and yes, triumph too. I'm reminded of the scripture, and I quote in part, it's the glory of a king to seek out a matter, Proverbs 25, 2. And by all accounts, you have done just that. You are a seeker of truth, of justice, and in a very real way, uh, Mr. Horowitz, you are already fulfilling another gospel nugget of wisdom I would love to quote, which is Micah 6, 8. So what does the Lord require of thee? To act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. David Horowitz, I am praying with you that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will make himself known to you personally and all listening as only he can and will. Thank you for those words. Those are very wise words of Micah. Amen. It's been an honor. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.